Welcome. So how are all you doing this week? It's another podcast of Rash Thoughts. I'm your host, Dean Rash, and these are my thoughts. So what do you think of this song, this intro version I just put out there? How's it compared to the last one? Got a number of, of responses based on the last music I put out there, and, and a lot of people liked it. So I'm hoping that you like this one as well, and I'll make a decision on which music I'm going to use. So today's topic, I want to talk about the beauty of imperfection. And it sounds kind of oxymoronic, I guess, to say that there is beauty and imperfection, but there really is if you think about it. I listened to last week's show, and what I found was a lot of what I would consider bad technique for doing a show or doing a speech. And I want to clean that up this week and focus more on giving you a solid show, something that doesn't have all the ums and ahs and rights. And my wife, boy, she rode me when she listened to that thing. Not in a bad way, but just like, you're better than this. Take your time, think your thoughts through, be prepared, and then put on a good show. And so that's my, that's my intent this week is to put a little bit more focus into that. But if we think about it in terms of our topic, the beauty of imperfection, it wasn't a perfect show. It wasn't a perfect podcast, but it was out there and it was being done. So that made me really think about this topic this week that, you know, there really is, there really is, if we look at imperfection, right, there is beauty and imperfection. And I'm going to share a couple of things I did some research on. There's some Japanese art and some Japanese pottery uh, concepts that are out there that play into that whole idea of, of the beauty of imperfection. And we'll talk about some of that. But what I did do is I Googled beauty of imperfection to find some examples to share. And, you know, imperfection, I think sometimes people are scared by it because we think that in this world we live and we have to be perfect. I'm telling you right now, there is not a person in this world that is perfect. Everybody has something that they would consider imperfect about them. And that's not a bad thing, all right? Let's get that straight right away. That's a good thing. That makes you unique. That makes you an individual. That makes you have something special that other people don't have. So I think the beauty of imperfection really kind of gets into the essence of us as human beings and the fact that we always strive to be better. So imperfection is, is, that's us always striving forward and trying to find a way to get better. That's kind of the essence of what I'm thinking about today. So it's not about, like I said, it's not about being perfect. Because what happens if you're perfect? Think about it for a second. What happens if you are 100% perfect all the time? Do you ever grow? Do you ever learn? Do you have people that want to be around you in a way that, that helps you grow or you help them grow? If you're perfect, what more is there? I know it sounds kind of odd to say that, but if you're perfect, what's more? what more is there? So when we think about the beauty of imperfection, it's looking at the uniqueness of things around us that make them beautiful because of what they are. One of the, one of the art uh, concepts that I, that I found when I was doing my research is an is a art style called wabi-sabi, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, but W-A-B-I and then new word S-A-B-I. It's the art of imperfection. And, and what it means is 
finding the beauty in the imperfection we find all around us. So, for example, they tell a story in this of a, a young man, and I want to believe it's in a monastery or a Buddhist uh, monastery, that is asked to go tend the garden. So he goes out there, and he rakes up all the leaves, he picks up all the sticks, he puts all the rocks back to where they belong, and he makes this thing immaculate. Absolutely perfect, right? So his teacher comes out to that same area and shakes the tree, dropping a bunch of flower petals and leaves back to the ground, and looks at him and is like, that's beautiful, right? So we find beauty all the time in things that are not perfect. Look at a leaf-covered ground or a leaf-covered ground when you're going for a hike in the woods in the fall. That is definitely the epitome of imperfect in terms of things being in order, but there's a lot of beauty in that. You know, the look of aged wood. It's not a perfect piece of wood. It's got that that look to it that shows it's been weathered. It's it's got a story behind it. There's more to it than just a perfect piece of wood. So the other one I think of is, you know, think about if you've had small children, right? Think of the first time they dress themselves. They come out of there looking like somebody dressed them in a blender, don't they? But that child in that moment, in that imperfection of style, is a beautiful child because of what they did and the, and the decisions that they made and how they wanted to make themselves look and appear to the people around them. I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? It's the beauty of finding, it's the beauty of imperfection. It's finding that uniqueness within us or within our surroundings that really draws that essence of beauty out to us. So another, another Japanese art form, um, it's called uh, kintsugi, and that is the breaking of pottery. And the story goes back to, I believe, the 15th century when a uh, Japanese um, leader, major general in the army, um, broke his favorite cup, sent it to China to have it fixed, and they came back with it fixed but it had staples in it. And it was the most hideous-looking thing in the world. And so he sent this cup, his favorite uh, cup back to Japan and said, there's got to be a better way to do this. And so what they did is they, they used, the, used this art form called Kintsugi and they took gold, um, gold lacquer and a gold dust and they basically glued the pottery back together, glued his cup back together in a way that made it whole again, but it had these gold lined seams in it where all the cracks and breaks had been. And it was you know, that imperfect looking cup was now, in the eyes of that general, was a very beautiful piece of artwork. So there, there is definitely beauty and imperfection. You know, we think about this in our own personal lives. There are a lot of things that, um, a lot of things that we have in our past, we'll call them baggage, those imperfections of our past, those things that we hang on to, those things that that pull us down, those things that we dwell on that don't allow us to move forward. If we embrace those, those imperfections or that baggage or those idiosyncrasies even, and allow people to see them for what they are, our uniqueness and what makes us special and makes us beautiful, that is the essence of being unique, the beauty of imperfection, finding ways to set ourselves apart from other people. I haven't shared a whole lot about what makes up me but for those that 
are listening that do know me already, you know that I had a very significant health issue in the past. And I had been diagnosed with uh, acute myelogenous leukemia at the age of 19. And uh, my doctor told me at that time that my chance for survival was pretty slim. Uh, I believe the numbers were somewhere between 10 and 15% to live the next five years. So I had a life expectancy of about age of 24, which was not what I was hoping for. My doctor was very aggressive with my treatment, uh, got me into remission, and then sent me off to the University of Minnesota to have a bone marrow transplant done. Back in 1987, bone marrow transplants were still fairly new. Uh, There were some uh, insurance companies that still felt that they were experimental and didn't cover them. Today, that treatment is very widely used and very successful, but back in the day, it was not. That story of my life is one of my gifts that I have, and it makes me unique. Now, it's not necessarily the, the path that I would have preferred to have gone, but in my way, it's, the, it's, what's, it's what's a normal life. You know, it's normal for me to think about, at age of 19, being diagnosed with leukemia, going through chemotherapy, radiation therapy, bone marrow transplant, um, 122 days in the hospital, that is normal life to me because I don't know any other way. But at the same time, for years, that was also my baggage. That was my crutch. That was my imperfection. That's what made me broken. That's what held me back was the fact that I'm a leukemic. I'm a cancer patient. I'm a survivor. People won't understand me. People don't get me. People have no idea what it's like to be who I am or what I went through. And I focused on the wrong parts of that illness. I focused on the negative. I focused on the fact that it took away my athleticism and my my track career. Uh, I focused on the fact that it took away a couple of years of my life in terms of treatments and living in the hospital and walking around with tubes in my chest for two and a half years, not being able to necessarily associate with people the way I wanted to. People learning of what I had and steering clear of me because they thought I would die. Not being able to find a girlfriend because they were nervous about the fact that I was so sick. There was a lot of baggage and a lot of hurt and a lot of anger and a lot of misunderstanding that came with being who I was. But it also made me a much better person a much stronger person, and it took me years to fully understand that the illness that I went through wasn't wasn't a curse, but it was a blessing. And I can say that now, it's almost 30 years since I was diagnosed and treated, and I can say that now, but that part of my life, that rough spell, that defined my character. That helped me to understand who I could be, where I could be, where I could go, how strong I was, how stubborn I was, which you can ask my kids and my wife. I would probably break a world record on stubbornness if it was ever a world record option. It also gave me a different view of the world. It gave me an understanding of how to be compassionate to anybody in any situation. Now, it wasn't like that when I was was younger, shortly after treatments, within the first probably five to eight years. 
I was kind of a little bit wild at that time because I thought, what do I got to lose? You know, I'm dying anyway. Why care? Go out and do whatever you want. Live life. Have fun. I mean, I traveled around the world. I, I did things that I probably wouldn't have done without that illness. You know, so in a, in a way, as I thought about it over the years, that, that illness really was a blessing to me. And it, I couldn't have done it any other way. And to me, that's normal life. That's, that's normal to me. Is it, is it perfect? No, hell no. Would I wish it upon anybody to have that same path I did? Absolutely not. It was rough. It was miserable at times. It was very, very scary. Um, I never fully believed that I would die, but I also never fully believed that I was going to make it. And the reason for that is because most of the people that I met during my treatments never survived. And so as I got older, I also realized that I was burdened with survivor guilt. You know, why did I survive and Rose did not? You know, why did I survive and Ken did not? You know, it was, it was one of those things that you just don't understand the why. Now, it is what it is, I guess, is kind of an easy way to say it. And I'd like to think that, I'd like to think that those families have healed and, and they, I know they miss their loved ones. And there's a reason why things happen. You know, why was I uh, allowed to live? There's a, there's a plan, right? There's a plan. I don't know why exactly. However, I do know that uh, I understand it's, it's my mission and my passion and my goal to help you understand how important you are to this world how your gifts and your passion and your vision are much needed by this world. And you're not going to do it correctly. Guarantee it. You're not going to do it perfectly. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to get upset. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to want to quit. You're going to want to give up. But you can't. And the reason why you can't is because you were given the gifts and the talents and the passion that you were given for a reason. And if you don't act on that, you are not being true to yourself, right? You know in your heart of hearts what you're supposed to do in this world. You know what you're good at. You know what drives you. You know what interests you. And you know how to make your world, your family, this community, whatever it is, you know how to make it better. So it's up to you to believe in yourself and make that happen, right? Don't sit back and go, well, you know, I'm not going to get it perfect. I'm not going to, you know, somebody can do it better than I can. No, they can't. You know, you're the one to do it. You're the one to step up and make this happen. Not, not necessarily me. You know, I have my, my own set of, of skills and, and beliefs and um, positives that I can bring into this world, but I can't do the same thing you can do. We need you to step up. Does that make sense? And I, I don't know what's going through your head right now, but there's obviously, there might be some thoughts popping in like, you know, you're right, I should have done X or I should have done Y, right? Write them down. Write them down right now. Set that goal. Make a commitment to start with baby steps following through on what you want to do, right? It's not going to happen overnight, but it's going to happen. I believe you're going to make it happen. I believe you're going to make this world better. So now it's up to you to do it. So when you think about it, your life has baggage. Your life has events that you're not necessarily proud of. Your life has events that shaped you, made you stronger, made you better. Your life has a lot of positives, absolutely too, right? You have a lot of wins. You have a lot, a lot of wins. You have very positive stuff in your life. You put all that stuff together, right? It doesn't make 
it doesn't make a a a perfect life so to speak because nobody's perfect but what it does is it shapes you for who you are and it puts you on a path to help make this world better if you think about kintsugi right breaking the pottery bringing it back together with gold lacquer to make it beautiful again we all have broken pieces on us it's time that you in your mind and in your will and in your in your vision for your future take some of that let's call it gold lacquer of trust and belief in yourself and start applying it to those pieces of your world that need to be put back together a little bit and and understand how beautiful that is and how important that is for all of us to see that we need to believe in you as much as you need to believe in yourself and we know that you can do it all right so i want you to get out there and do it i want you to make a difference let me know what that difference is right feel free to reach out to me send me an email at dean at deanrash.com let me know what it is you want to do if you want a little push or a little bit of help you want me to give you some advice feel free to email me i'll be happy to help you out all right so with that i want to leave you uh this week let you know that even though ourselves are broken in some sense or imperfect there's beauty in that and what you have to do is you have to find the essence of you within that within inside of you and i want you to look at how you can make an impact on this world right find out how your gifts your passion your skills you can take them to the next level if you're doing a lot right now that's great but you know what you can do more i know you can so find ways to make that happen so with that i'm going to leave you for this week i'll be back next week with a new topic and until then keep living with passion and living with purpose you have been listening to rash thoughts you can find my podcast on itunes youtube follow me on linkedin facebook and twitter please like my podcast add your comments and share this podcast so others can listen as well feel free to email me at dean at deanrash.com or visit my website deanrash.com if your business or organization is looking for a keynote speaker contact me so we can get that book thank you for listening and until next week keep living on purpose